Good morning. If you open your Bibles to James, chapter 1, we're going to start there. The title of the message today is Walk Like Jesus. Walk Like Jesus. And so it's really going to be a challenge for us to walk like Jesus. So I'm going to encourage everybody, as I've been encouraging myself, that I need to walk more like Jesus. Now let's start in review of last week for the guest. We, and those who didn't, uh, who were out of town, might be back now, and still be praying for people, so people out of, out, they're out of town, they're traveling, different things like that. And, um, and some will be going out of town tomorrow. So be praying for, for people for traveling mercies. We don't take it for granted uh, that the highways are safe uh, because we have a lot of things that happen, could happen. So be praying for people. Last week we talked about endurance. We talked about um, from Hebrews chapter 11. And that was a good, good time. We had a real good time. We were saying, uh, we were, really, if you want to say what we were doing, unpacking Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And we're going to continue with that today, with just a different verse. We covered two verses last week. We said that faith, in verse 1 of chapter 11, was the substance of those things hoped for, the evidence of those things not seen. We unpacked that. And we told you why... It was in existence. And that's where we're going to start in James chapter 1, verse 12. Let's go there because last week I gave you verses 2 through 8, I think, of that. And it's talking about endurance. The whole thing is to endure. That's what God is trying to get us to do. And and the author of Hebrews, and, and there's so much discussion about who the author is, they really don't know. Uh, so we know that it's God, right? The, the God inspired the word of God, so we just said God wrote it. And he wants us to know that we must endure. We must endure to the end. So in chapter 12 of verse one, uh, chapter, chapter 1, verse 12, it says that blessed is the man who perseveres on the trial. So we see again, this is a wrap-up of the 2 through 11. Blessed is the man who perseveres on the trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So again, we see that God wants us to persevere, regardless of who is writing, whether it's James, whether it's uh, Paul, they're going to tell you to endure, endure, endure. If we'll look over, and we'll talk more about it next week, if, if we'll look over into uh, James, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, let's go there, and we'll see the wrap-up of chapter 11. Whenever you see the word therefore, and then the King James might say wherefore, something of that nature, it means that all that I've said beforehand 
I'm going to say to you, this is the wrap-up of that. Therefore, it says, verse 12, since we have so great a crowd, a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Now, we have, we have all the saints that he talked about in chapter 11. All of them. He says, we are encompassed, or compassed, the King James may say, surrounded, the New American Standard. They're surrounding us. Let us also lay aside every weight or encumbrance. And the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. Patience. New American Standard might say endurance. The race is set before us. Let us run with endurance. 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 You're going to hear it. You're going to keep hearing it. You're going to keep hearing it. Why? Because God wants us to stand firm, to not to be um, moved by what we see, not to be upset about the circumstances that we, that, that we fall into. As we talked about last week, that this is counted all joy when you encounter various trials because the trying of your trusting God, faith, works patience. So God is after something. He's after something. So next week we're going to share some more of those things. It's very important for whatever you are going through today, Whatever it is, persevere. Persevere. Hang in there. Trust God because he is going to bring you through. He's going to bring you through. So uh, I, I want to share uh, just a, a little bit of what I'm going to talk about next week. Is Well, I know that we're, we're supposed to trust God. I know we're supposed to endure. But how do we endure? You've been telling us we should, but give me a message on how. That's next week. Okay. (laughs) Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. It says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God. So as we are enduring, as we are uh, going through this situation, we want to do the will of God. So we need to know the will of God so that we will receive the reward. Now, last week we talked about, we unpacked verse 1, and we went to verse 3 also. I skipped over verse 2 on purpose because verse 2 will lead into what I want to do uh, some of today. But first go to verse 11. We need, to, we need to walk like Jesus. Remember the title? The message that we need to walk like Jesus. How does Jesus walk? How does he walk? I need to know. How does Jesus walk? And what does that have to do with persevering? What does that have to do with faith? I need to know that. Well, hold your place right there in Hebrews. We're going to go to 1 John. We're going to go to chapter 2. We're going to go to verse 6. How does 
Jesus walk. What, what are we talking about? And he's talking about the context of keeping the commandments of the Lord. And it says in verse 6, The one who says he abides in him, that, that means to continue in him, to remain in him, to dwell in him, in the Lord. Alt, and that, that, that alt in the New American Standard means that it's not a suggestion is this is what you're called to do. Ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. That is a big something to me. I mean, that's a big verse. There's a verse there. We said, let's walk like Jesus walked. That's what we want to do. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to walk more like Jesus. It tells us here that if we abide in him, and I know that each one is born again, Susan. I know you abide, Susan. You abide. You're looking at me, right? You abide. (laughs) You abide in the Lord. I know you abide in him. You remain in him. You're standing in him. You're continuing in him. That's the word abide means. It says that we ought to walk. As he walked in the same manner. Now, if somebody say, can you walk just like Jesus? Most of us say, well, uh, you know, I know he's our example, but he was God, so I don't, I've never reached that. Well, that's not the word of God. The word of God says that if we abide in him, which Christians, that's what we're called to do. Our life is hid with Christ in God. That's what another word says some, in, the, in the scripture. So therefore, we should walk in the same manner he walked. That means that we can do this thing. We can walk in the same manner that Jesus walked. We can do it. So our challenge today is let's see now how he walked. Because if I'm walking in the same manner, how did he walk? Well, let's go to the gospel of John. Let's see that. Now, in chapter 8 of John. Today is Independence Day, isn't it? And it's it's independence of the United States from who? Okay. Hey, Jack, come here a minute. Uh, Jack is a historian. So I call on Jack so I don't have to look on the Internet and find out all the details and refresh my history that I didn't like. When I was in school. <laughs> Tell the uh, people, Jack, a little bit, uh, about six or seven or so, what, while we're celebrating. Yes, that's right, six or seven. <laughs> I got the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I tell him, you all. We're celebrating uh, tomorrow, Independence Day. Okay, we were a colony of Great Britain, and we really didn't have any direct representation in the parliament. And so that meant Parliament could pass any law that they wanted over us, and we had to obey. And they taxed. And they uh, quartered their soldiers in, in the homes of the, of the uh, colonists um, without their permission. 
and they had to do that. And um, we continued to petition them that we'd have more representation. They continued to deny that. And so um, the Second Continental Congress, the states got together, elected representatives. They went together in Philadelphia, and they all came up with the idea that the proposal that we needed to be independent and decide our, for ourselves how we were going to be taxed, how we were going to be governed. And we wanted to be governed under God's rules, not under the king's rules, which sometimes weren't God's rules. And so they drew up, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, and uh, John Adams drew up a statement called the Declaration of Independence. And they brought it to the Congress, and on July 2nd, Congress ratified it. And on July 4th, they read a public proclamation of the Declaration, and we declared ourselves independent from Great Britain. And that was uh, about a year into the war because we were already fighting. Okay. That's what happened. Thank you. Give Jack a hand. That's, that's super, super. Praise God. Now, just a little backdrop, and let's go right into verse 29 of John chapter 8. And he who sent me is with me. Well, I'll go back to 28 so you have the context there. When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing of my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. Verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. Can we say the same thing? That, and he who sent me is with me. Can you know that you know that that is true from the word of God? Yes. It's in uh, the same book, John, chapter 17. We know that Jesus, just like he was sent, he's sending us. He has not left us alone. He's with us. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, don't we? For or because I always do the things that are pleasing to him. You need to underline that in your Bible. In circle, I always. Because that's how Jesus walked. He said, I always do the things that are pleasing to him. That's what he says. Always. Wow. That's a challenge, isn't it? But we, we can do it. Now, since you have this verse, you say, well, hmm. Let me go right, let me come back to that in a minute. Let's go where Jack went. As, verse 30, as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. Verse 31, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue, there's another uh, name for abiding, same thing, just a different meaning, but same thing, it means the same thing, continue Abide, be steadfast in, remain in. If you continue in my word, 
then you are truly disciples of mine. That's important, isn't it? Because he said, go into all the world and make disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, I had Jack come up for just a reason. Uh, just a, we are celebrating the independence of the United States, where we are from Great Britain. And we said we are a free nation. Do you realize that you can be proclaimed by the Declaration of Independence of Free, but we're in bondage? Do you realize that we can be in bondage? The only thing that can set a person free is Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I want, I want us to remember that as we're celebrating uh, the independence of our, our nation. Let's take it further. Let's take it further. Let's declare ourselves free from bondage of sin. Let's, let's reach out to people because there are a lot of people in the United States. There are a lot of people in Lynchburg, Virginia, surrounding areas, counties and areas that are in bondage because they are not born again. And we need to be reaching out to them. The 4th of July is a great opportunity to reach out to the unchurch and the laws, because everybody likes to have a party. Don't they? Yeah. And he said, invite those who can't repay you to a feast, didn't he? And this is a great time to feast, isn't it? Invite somebody that unchurched, unsaved, and let them get around the anointing that's in you. Because the anointing is in you because the Holy Spirit is in you. So the anointing is in you. Let them get, get around the anointing. And they may hunger and thirst for what you have. Because your party is not going to be like everybody else's party. You're going to have a Holy Spirit party. Really? Right? Right, okay. Nobody's going to be getting drunk and all that stuff, are they? Okay. All right. See, well, I don't know why you're shaking your head like that, Stella. You act like Christians don't get drunk. I, I'll tell you now. now. <laughs> you said, this one don't. don't. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just letting you know that that's the way it is. Now, let's go back to 29, because that's where I was. I wanted to deviate just a little bit for the occasion today. I always do those things that are pleasing to him. Now, if, if, if we're going to always do those things that's pleasing to him, you cannot, you cannot walk by sight. You cannot walk by your circumstances. You can't. Because it's impossible to please him without faith. Impossible. Let's, let's go where I told you the first time. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It's impossible. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. We must believe that he is. He, he's not a used to be. 
He's not a wannabe. He is. And he always has been and always will be God. He's the creator. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him also. A rewarder. He, he, he has an abundance love. Sometimes in the scripture it says loving kindness, mercy. Abundance. He's merciful. How merciful is he? There's no end to his mercy. How just is he? There's no end to his justice, is it? And you need to know that he's a rewarder because he wants you to know that he's a rewarder. I believe, I believe those who have children, I believe they know you as parents, and they know you are a rewarder if they would do those things that please you. I believe they know that. How much more so with the living God? How much more so? And sometimes we don't believe that. Sometimes we believe that, well, he really doesn't want to give us anything. Maybe if I beg, maybe if I... um, Fast, maybe if I, you know, get on my knees, act real humble, maybe he will give us something. No, God delights to give you the desires of your heart. He really does. He wants you to know that. And so he says that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those who seek him. And let's go to, let me ask you a question before I go over to, to unpack verse 2. Do you believe that every time you pray, you're going to get what you receive, you, you pray for? Okay. <laughs> okay. I see. Okay, I see. I see. All right. I see. Let's go to First John chapter 3. I hear too many different answers. <laughs> Let's go to First John chapter three, verse twenty-two. Now I'm going to start in verse nineteen to lead up to that. You don't have to do that if you don't want to, because it might not be on your PowerPoint either. We will know by this that we are of the truth, and will assure our hearts before Him. And whatever our heart condemns us, in whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before him. Verse 22, where I wanted to go. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Now, your Bible probably doesn't say that. It does. You don't even have a Bible, ask you. It does. <laughs> New technology. Okay. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. And that's what the scripture says. Because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. 
I say that if we keep God's word, we abide in his word, we continue in his word, I say if we walk by trusting in him and not just in the things or the circumstances that we that come our way throughout our lifetime, we are walking by faith. We are not walking by sight. We are walking to please him because we know we can't please him without faith. Whatever we ask, we will receive of him. I had two of them, two amens. See, the rest of you, you're thinking, see. I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, I asked this over here and I didn't get it. Susan Q, she asked what over there, she didn't receive nothing. How can I then, how can I believe what, you, what the word is saying? How can I believe what the word is saying? You don't have to believe me. Please don't believe me. I'm, I am only reading what the word of God says. That's why I, lo- I, I love the word. And that's why I want you to bring your Bible and put it on a PowerPoint because I want you to see it. I like to teach what God says. God said that. I didn't say that. Now, did God say it or did he not? He said, whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Two prerequisites. Keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Whatever we ask, we receive. So somewhere along the line, we might not be keeping the prerequisites somewhere along the line. Because I know that the scripture said, because we read it, that if we abide in him, we ought to, and we said it's not a suggestion, we, we ought to do what? Walk in the same manner as he walked. That's what it says. And you can't name me a whole bunch of instances where Jesus asked for anything and didn't get it. Because he knew how to ask. He, you remember, he, he, he doesn't do anything on his own initiative. So even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he says that, well, uh, God, is there any way... Uh, you know, take this from me. But nevertheless, see, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So, did he receive the answer to his prayer? Yeah. Yeah. He received it. He said, well, I know one time he prayed and didn't get what he wanted. He prayed for somebody's eyes open, and then that man's eyes, he didn't open fully because his man saw, like, you know, me and his tree, so he didn't get it that time. So what did he do? Prayed again. Then he saw clearly, right? Now, either we're going to believe the Bible, or we might as well start bringing a novel the church, and we, we, we'll do book studies, you know. 
No, some people meet, I mean, they have book studies, you know. They, they meet and they, they study books, you know, just books, right? Jane Eyre Club, right? <laughs> this, what we're talking about is that we're going to have to believe this thing. Now, I, I, tell, look, let me, let me, I'm not there. I'm not there. I, everything I pray, I don't get. Now, I know that shocks you. <laughs> but I'm working on it. I'm trying to move from faith to faith, from the beginning to the end. I'm trying to be more obedient today than I was yesterday. I'm trying not to make the same mistakes I made in the past again. Do you understand? We're trying to move in this thing. And I believe I'll be doing that until I go home via the Lord. But that doesn't stop the word from being true. Just because I prayed and it didn't happen. It doesn't mean it's not true just because you prayed and it didn't happen. We have to keep praying, don't we? Keep praying. Keep praying. Every opportunity to pray, pray, pray. I believe that a lot of times it's because you don't trust God. Like you should. And I don't trust God like I should. Because I know for a fact that most of you, when you pray a prayer of salvation over somebody, you believe and you tell them, you are saved. You don't say, well, now I prayed, but we're going to watch you for a while. See whether you have some fruit. Do we? We don't do that. We don't do that. Why do you have so much trust in God that this person got saved? Because his word. His word says it. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You believe the word of God. Why can't you believe what I just read then? Huh? You said, because I see that person got saved. You don't see nothing. Stop telling that lie. You don't see that. It's a, but you, know, you remember last week's message? The fingerprints of God are all over this. So you, 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 but you, you have an impression. I mean, you just believe that this person got saved. You believe it. But we don't know what happened in that person's heart, do we? We know what they said out of the mouth, but we don't know what they said in the heart. So we really don't know. God knows. But we believe it. And we act just like it is true. We have to do the same thing for every single word that's in this Bible. We have to believe it. And so we have to build our trust in God in other areas. And that's what we are doing with the messages, building it in other areas. Now, from now on now, I want you to start thinking, whatever I ask, the Father in Jesus' name, he's going to do it. Because I keep his commandments, and I do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now let's go back to chapter 11, verse 2. That's where we, we left off at last week. And we said, substance is the faith of the substance of those things, helpful, the evidence of those things not seen. For by it, this is verse 2, for by it the men of old gain approval. Hmm. For by it, 
the men of old gain approval. Now, what it's saying is that we know what faith, what the description of it is, what the definition of it is. We know that we need to endure. Uh, and we know it's going to take faith for us to endure. It's going to take that trust in God for us to endure. Now, he's saying here, I'm going to give you some examples of men of old who gain approval by it. Now, for us to walk like Jesus, for us to be pleasing to the Lord, we must have faith. Then we need to have this faith grow. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, and reinforce what it just said. Men of old gain approval. Men of old gain approval. So chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in having ministered and still ministering to the saints. And we desire, desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Endure. Verse 12. So that you will not be sluggish. God doesn't want us sluggish, does he? He doesn't want us just apathetic, does he? But, he wants zealous saints. But, imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. He wants us to be imitators of those who have faith. So God, in chapter 11, is giving us some examples of those who we should imitate. That's what he's doing. Because he wants our faith to grow. Now in Hebrews chapter 13, let's go there. Because sometimes people, they don't have many uh, what we call examples of faith today, like they may have had back then, maybe. Some people live in an environment they don't have people to look to. But I say, you do. Because God says, you should. Okay? <laughs> you should. Let's look um, here. Let's see. Let's start in verse probably... Um, Down in verse 7. Listen to what it says. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Now, it, he took it out of the, the people who had already died. See, because everybody in, in chapter 11, they're dead. I mean, they passed away. They're, they're gone. They don't no longer exist. But he's saying here, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, 
and considering the result of their conduct. The result of their conduct. Imitate their faith. Mimic their faith. So that tells me that every single person that's leading a household, whether it be male or female, because some, some, some household are single parent households in, in, in today's society. Is that correct? We are supposed to be teaching the word of God to our children. Is that correct? We're supposed to be teaching. Matter of fact, husbands are supposed to be washing their wives with the water of the word. Okay, I had three. <laughs> Say amen. That's what, that's what the word of God tells us to do. Okay, don't let me have to turn to it. I'm not going to turn to it. Okay. Children are supposed to, as, as our, our children grow up and as they get to be teenagers, as they get to be young adults, they're supposed to be able to take this verse. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, the result of their conduct, the way they behaved and everything, did you see, you remember the result of that? Because they were walking by faith. Imitate their faith. So we're supposed to have continuing examples of men and women of faith to follow. That's what we're supposed to have. Now we can take it out of that arena and take it to the church. You're supposed to have, it's the same, remember those who led you? You remember Elder John, Elder Sam, Elder, you remember Elder? I know his name. You remember Elder Chad, you know, they, you know, you know how they spoke the word of God to you? You remember that? Imitate their faith. That's what he's supposed to do. Isn't it talking? I mean, you're supposed to have an ongoing hallmark of faith, people to follow. That's what you're supposed to have. We shouldn't have to look for our heroes to be. So we have the ones from old, we have the ones that are ongoing. That's what we're supposed to have. Okay. Now let's go to back to eleven. We we went to three now last time. Verse four. Eleven four. What we're trying to do, and and you know, I, I understand that sometimes um, you know people want to cover a lot of territory. But all we're trying to do is just teach through the first part of this, uh, chapter 11. That's what we're trying to do. And if you teach it exegetically, it's going, it takes a long time, doesn't it? It can, okay? Verse 4. By faith, Abel, by faith it said, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, 
though he is dead, still speaks. Now, the story we know is in Genesis, don't we? Okay. And do you remember the the story? Okay. Some remember the story. How many remember the story? Okay. All right. Where did it say that Abel had faith? Where did it say it? Huh? Turn to it. Genesis chapter four. Chapter four. Turn to it. Huh? When, where, where did it say it? Because the scripture said now, that's what the scripture says, is that by faith, by faith he offered. That's what it said. By faith he offered. And we know that Adam and Eve had Cain. And in verse 2, chapter 4 says, And again she gave birth to brother Abel, and Abel was the keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on the, his part, also brought of the first one of his flock and of the fat portions and the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But Cain, and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why have your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be you know, accepted? Then he says that sin is crouching at your door. And it desires for you, which you must master it. And of course, Cain killed his brother. We know that. Now, where does it say? Now, you know, I skipped over a couple of verses, but it doesn't say it. Where does it say <laughs> that he had faith? Where does it say it? Because the scripture we, we're in, we're, we're trying to unpack, trying to unpack now, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered, where did the author of Hebrews, where did God get that he had faith? It didn't say he had faith. Where did he get it from? Where does he get it from that he had faith? Okay, let's go to another one. Let's go to another. Verse 5 of chapter 11 of Hebrews. By faith, Enoch was taken up. By faith he was taken up. So that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. He was pleasing to God. He was pleasing to God. Remember verse 6 of chapter 11? Quote it for me. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Right? Well, if without faith it's impossible to please him, and it says that um, Enoch was pleasing to God, that means he had to have, had to have faith. So the author can say, by faith, Enoch, you see, he can say by faith, Adam, and had, Eve had, had Cain and had, Abel, and 
Abel offered a better sacrifice, da, 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 but it's by faith. See? See, Abel did that which was pleasing to the Lord. That's what he did. He offered the first, first ones. He offered the what? The fat portion, the best portion. He was pleasing to the Lord. I'm telling you that Jesus always did that which is pleasing to the Lord. And we need to walk just as he walked. We need to walk in pleasing to the Lord. We need to walk in a way that we please the Lord. We need to please him. You say, well, I don't have to go around pleasing the Lord. You, you don't have to. You want to. I hope you do. Because he saved your soul. You gave your life to him. It was exchanged for his righteousness and our sin. Come on. We're separated from God. He died for us. We want to please him. We don't have to. We get to. You see? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why in chapter 5, I mean chapter 11, verse 5, it says, by faith, Enoch was taken up. Taken up. By faith. I want to be able to say, you know, we can have this commentary about each of us. By faith, Diane did this. By faith, Miss Harlow did this. By faith, Lord did this. By faith. You see, by faith. By faith. And we can always say by faith if we know that we are pleasing, doing things pleasing to the Lord. And we just had to find out what things pleases the Lord. Right? We know what, what are his commandments, don't we? Some things that are not his commandments because they're not in there. You know, it's not in there. Do you understand that? Everything is not in here. But everything that has to do with life and godliness is in here. But everything is not in here, written in here. If you ask me, you say, well, where should I go, to Kroger's or to Food Line? Well, let me search the Bible. Come on, it's not in there. Okay. <laughs> it's not in there. But the principle's in there. The principle's in there where, where you know, all I had to do is ask you, ask you some questions, you know. You say, I only have $5, but I need to buy, I need to get the most for my money or something like that. Well, don't go to either one, go to Walmart. <laughs> you know so you just had to, had, to, had to do those things some things please the Lord some things don't I was um, this is I'm, I'm going to give you an example of, of something that that, that, we don't, that I'm talking about a real life example I, I was uh, working with a couple a long time ago and one of one of the two male and female one of them committed adultery and they came to my wife and I, okay, and the person was saying, the one who didn't, which was the male, was saying, hey, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I want her anymore. I, I just, uh, she committed adultery. I don't know, I, I, just can't, I just can't handle this thing. I said, okay. What does the word of God say? The word of God says if, if, if I can divorce her because she committed Fornication. She, she was unfaithful. True. Okay. Let's go from Genesis to Revelation. 
That's, that's a scripture. You have permission to do that scripturally, don't you? Doesn't he? From Genesis to Revelation, what do we pick up just on knowing how God is? He's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. He's a God of forgiveness. He, he, he's, he's one who, uh, if you repent, he'll forgive you how many times? Seven times? Seven And so I said, well, okay, you, you have permission to do that, but let's go through the word. And we'll go through the word. I said, now, okay, now, I know and you know that you don't follow the word of God. I know that. Yeah, that's right. I don't. I don't. Uh, but you want to. Yes, I do want to. But you don't. No, I don't. Did God divorce you? How, many, how, how long have you been doing this thing? You know, how long have you been disobedient to the word of God? Oh, my goodness, ever since I've been saved. You know? <laughs> you know, I mean, I make mistakes. I mean, everybody makes mistakes. You know how they do that. I said, okay, now this is what you do. You pray and ask God. Say, God, I want to treat her just like you treat me. And just like you treat, just like I treat her now, you treat me the same way. Whatever I do to her, then you do to me. Okay? So I said, now, once you do that, then... Uh, you tell me what you hear. And so um, we got together again, and of course, um, they'll happily married now. It's been years. Happily married. Uh, because she truly repented. She truly repented from this thing. And, and when my wife and I talked, she'll never do anything such as that again. Never, ever. I know about, I mean, she would never. And she regret ever, ever, ever doing anything like that. So, now, do you think that, that pleases the Lord? That's the, that's, the, that's the essence of what I was Do you think that pleases the Lord? Reconciliation pleases the Lord. But the commandment says, you can divorce her. It, it's just like the Pharisees. Okay, hey, we caught her in a very act of adultery. What do you say, Jesus? Come on, you already know, right? First one to have them sinned. Toss the first stone. I mean, toss it. That's pleasing to the Lord. Okay? That's what I mean that everything, you know, is some things are commandments, and it says, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Okay? Something pleases the Lord, and some things are his commandments. So I say that we need to do both. We need to keep his commandments, but we need to do those things that please him. And I believe that our faith is going to go to a higher level because it's impossible to please him without faith. So if we practice our faith walk, what's our faith walk? Our trusting in God walk. If we practice that in every area of our lives that he's pointing out, because sometimes he's pointing out something to you, he's not pointing out to Sister Sue. Some things he's pointing out for Sister Sue it's not pointing out to Billy, Billy, you see. So what we have to do is, is ask the Holy Spirit, what areas do you want me to step out in more faith in? There's some areas that I know I'm not trusting you in God. What do you want to do? Which one do you want to pinpoint first for me to step out on faith on? I want to trust you, God. I want to trust you in this circumstance. Because I believe just like, that you're just like me. Some areas are pretty good. You are trusting God in some areas. I believe it. 
I believe in some areas you're weak in trusting God. I believe. I say let's strengthen those areas that we are weak in because God wants you strong. Okay? He wants you strong because he, Jesus said, I always do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Okay? That means he always walked by faith and never by sight. Okay? Let's stand. Is God good? How often is he good? All the time he's good. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. And we do admit, Lord, that we are not there. We are not there in every area of our life. I admit that I am not there in areas of my life. I want to be there, Lord. We want to be there as a congregation. We want to be there as individuals at the head of our household. We want to be there as members of our household. As teenagers, we want to be there. We want to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. We want to walk by faith. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to do that. Father, be with the congregation on this Independence Day coming up tomorrow and let's all be mindful that we're truly free if we continue to abide in his word that's our desire to abide in your word if there's anybody here that hasn't given their life to Jesus Christ today is the day of salvation today is the day if anybody hasn't rededicated your life to Christ and you know that you're not walking the way God wants you to walk you know you haven't, you, you haven't been doing that but you said today I want to rededicate my life I want to come back to the Lord to my first love I want to do that we want to pray for you the prayer team come up please. Father you know the hearts of people and that's when we're after the hearts we want you to change our hearts, Lord. I want you to change our hearts to be more like you. Is there anybody that wants prayer? Please come up for any reason. If you want to stand in for someone, stand in for them. And if you want to give your life to Christ or rededicate your life, they're here today. They're here today. If you want to just pray for healing, if you want somebody... Uh, just to pray in agreement with you for healing, for a relationship that's broken. Come up. Come up. Praise God. Yes. The word is rich. We just want to thank God for the pastor. Pastor Minerva will be going out front. Those of you who have never introduced yourself or talked to the pastor, you have an opportunity to go out. And those who need prayer, please come forward. It's a good time to rededicate, to uh, just give it all to God. All of us want to be able to say, everything that I do, I please the Father. 
And we can walk that way. You won't please man. But the Bible says you can walk to please him. And I thank God. Before we close, I want to share something with you. Right now, millions of people are gathering together to pray. Just in preparation for this 4th of July. There's a ministry by the, uh, the gentleman that's head of his, Tony Perkins. I think that's his name. It's the Family Research Council. Uh, Becky Piles had sent me an email about them. I knew about them, but I didn't know what they were doing. They're, they're calling all churches. And right now, during this church period of time, there's over a million churches and people getting together praying for our nation. Now, as much as y'all know, I like politics. I like confrontation. I like this kind of stuff. I like history. I like getting in people's face sometimes. As much as I do, our salvation of this nation is not in politics. I know that. Do that mean we don't get involved? Yes, we do. Our salvation of this nation is not in any party, any government agents. The reason why we're blessed and the men that signed the papers because they trust in God. And so we have to trust in God. So I'm going to close in a prayer. The uh, gathering is called Call to Fall. We're asking churches to get on their knees and repent and call on God to change. God, that's the only thing that's going to change our nation. We need a revival. We need the church. We fall so short in a lot of areas, every one of us. So I'm going to end this time with a prayer and then we'll release y'all to go, okay? And we'll be sharing a little bit more in the prayer on Thursday and the prayer that we have every third Friday pursuing God. So I just want to encourage you to participate in that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as I close you out. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this United States. Oh God, you have given us a inheritance that by grace, it's only by your power and by your might and by your goodness that we here, we are here where we're at today. And as we look forward to celebrating tomorrow, Father, I thank you. As the message that was spoken today, we should walk in a manner just like Jesus did, where he always pleased you. So, Father, as we come before you, gathering together, as millions are gathering together for the same reason, called to fall on our knees, even though we may not be on our knees, but, Father, we're standing in your presence, asking you to forgive us of our sins. You say, if my people will call by name, will humble themselves, depart from their wicked ways, seek you, you say you will heal our land. And Father, we ask you to heal our land. Reveal to us the sin in our lives, Lord. The sin in our lives as people of God, both individually and corporately, to the church here in Lynchburg and across the United States, Lord. Help us, O oh God, to see sin the way you see it. Help us to repent. Give us the grace to do that which is pleasing in your eyes. And so, Father, today, even as I close in prayer, Father, we are trusting you to help us to not only pray, to not only get involved, but to even to do those things that is right before your eyes. You are working us individually as well as corporately. And Father, we thank you for this nation. We thank you for our founding fathers. We thank you, Father, for the men and women who stand today boldly to proclaim your name. Father, awaken our churches to your call to live a righteous life to humble ourselves, to seek your face, to help the poor, to help those who are wounded. Father, to help the homeless. 
but to seek your face where we are walking pleasing before you. So, Father, as we pray today, and I pray and release this before you, Father, we thank you. Thank you for the message. Thank you for the day. Thank you, Lord. Today, Lord, we thank you. Now may the grace of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ, be with you today and forevermore. And everybody say, Amen. Thank you.